0: Happy, happy Cinco de Mayo! It is, it is me, the alien, and welcome. We are here for the sportscast. It's a special edition of our NBA talk tonight. And we got a lot to cover today, man. Woo! For one thing, there are a lot of co- coaches on the hot seat. And there's a big list here that of coaches that could be fired here, but... We'll see. We're going to talk about that with my man, Anton, here in a few. But also, cover the next new signing, um, Luca Vildoza. We'll cover that in a moment. But first, let's get cracking into the show. Holla! Now, the coaches. The life of an NBA coach is as fleeting as a one-night stand. Absolutely. And the coach is only as good as his players, but also his system and his philosophy and how his players execute that philosophy.
1: Absolutely. This is the Brooklyn boy coming to you live, chimed into sports. We're doing a dual podcast. Don't get it twisted. I know you didn't hear my voice at the top of the podcast, but it is the Black Alien in the building. Yeah. We're live right now, ready to come to you hardcore from the hardwood floor, speaking to NBA today. Yes. As the playoffs are churning up, brewing mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. moves are being made. Uh-huh. I mean, it's being guys are getting healthy teams are starting to gain momentum, the Knicks is on fire, they're sizzling right now, Denver even without Murray is still killing, looking like world beaters, the Celtics looking stronger, everybody's starting to get their cohesion down right now, so it's it's definitely the time to start talking NBA.
0: Yes, then let's talk about the coaches that are on the proverbial hot seat, coaches that could be fired at the end of the season. Um, let's go ahead and start with the obvious candidate, unfortunately, Terry Stotts. Yeah. He's uh, gone. <laughs> yeah. <Good> is gone. <laughs> eight years in Portland, they had one conference final run, and ever since then, it's been a decline. It's, yes. been, it's been a gradual decline, and exactly. when you have players like Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum in your backcourt, um, you should be able to do something. Yes, granted, yes, they had injuries during his tenure as coach, to where they where they did not have the right personnel at times especially in the playoffs but at the times when you were healthy you have to perform well here's the thing too like right a coach gets
1: fired for the lack of production of the cohesion of the team when a coach loses a locker room he loses the team this is it's just you know it's mutually exclusive in my opinion so when you see a team although they're suffering with injuries and different things he can try to make excuses for point the finger and blame right but at the end of the day he's got to keep he's got to be the leader of the team he's got to keep the team together he's got to keep them tight he's got to coach these guys up he's got to keep their focus he's got to he's got to coach them techniques and skill level I mean, they don't even look like they're together half the time. Some minute they are, next minute they look like they ain't never played a game of basketball in their life. And that's a contribution to bad coaching. Mm. In my opinion,
0: that's what's going to get them fired more than anything else. I see. Um, and, and the name of uh, Jason Kidd's name has came across as a potential replacement now. Do you think Kidd would fit well in Portland with the, that backcourt of Dame and uh, CJ? Well, he's
1: the opposite of what he is.
0: He's, a, he's the ultimate motivator, ultimate competitor.
1: Players love playing for Jason Kidd, by the way. He got a pretty much bad rap, if you ask me, in the Nets camp. He didn't have enough to really do the things that he wanted to do, plus the players that he needed to fit his system and the kind of style in which he likes to get up and go and play. He weren't able to do that effectively effectively. And I don't think they gave him really – I think they should have given him another year at least in Milwaukee, at least another year to prove himself. And I think that year would have solidified him there. But as a result, you know, it is a business. And the NBA is definitely an unforgiving business. And uh, if you're not producing, you will be fired. That's just the reality of it. But, yes, to answer your question, I think he'll be the perfect replacement. Why? For all of those things I just mentioned. He's the excellent motivator. He's the excellent player coach. Everybody loves this guy on and off the court. So he won't... One thing he won't do Mm -hmm. is lose his locker room. And one thing you can count on for sure, that his players will be competitive.
0: Oh, I believe that. And if Jason Kidd does come to Portland, um, I um, I can see him doing some things here. Now, um... I believe Portland has had the same general manager during Stotts' entire tenure as coach.
1: Unfortunately.
0: Would you, would you also consider maybe firing the GM as well?
1: Yeah, that would be a good combo right there, GM-coach uh, uh, firing combo mm-hmm. right there. I agree with you there. I think they need the, a total change of culture. I think it is far above the coaching level as it concerns
0: uh, these toxicities. Oh, I see. And um, that's the deal in Portland. I I do agree with everything you're saying here. Stotts has had his moments, but um, unfortunately, it's more likely it is time for him to go. Another name on the list is Nate Bjorkgren, um, coach of Indiana. From what they're saying, he needs to work on building key rela- relationships with key players.
1: Well, I mean, my my, you know, either you have it or you don't, brother. It's either in your pedigree to be able to be that guy that could maximize the potential of a player and get the best out of a player, there's rare coaches like that. Pat Riley is one of them. Spolstra is another one. Stevenson is another one. Doc Rivers. You know, those are rare type of coaches. So when you got those kind of coaches that has those intangibles, they are an asset to a large degree. Why? Because not only do they come with great coaching acumen, but they also come with great coaching cultures. And that is what's missing. In, like, the Blazers camp and other camps, uh, like it, that you see that are collapsing and their locker rooms are collapsing, it's a lack of that type of pedigree of a coach, in my opinion.
0: Huh, and that's something that, um, is unfortunate in Indiana. More than likely, they may move on, they may not. Who knows? I think they will. I think they will. I think it's, it's a you know, y- it's inevitable, it's you believe. It's inevitable, yeah. It's
1: a, it's a total, it's toxicity to the highest degree over there. They don't even look like the Pacers
0: anymore. Hmm. Ah. Uh, another name that's potentially on this list that I find a little surprising, um, Milwaukee's coach Mike Budenholzer. Oh, yeah. I find that a little surprising that his name's on the hot uh, I don't hot seat find list. it surprising.
1: I think he should be getting more out of the talent in which he has. I agree with the the firing on that tip. And I don't think the transition from him and the coach before him, that the team got better. I don't think they got gravely better, if it were any better. The only thing that made them better, in my opinion, was the great signing of uh, Drew Holiday. That was the best move they probably made as an organization to solidify that point guard spot. Other than that, he himself, as a coach, has not done Mm. much to impress me at all,
0: in my opinion. And it's been said that he's likely gone barring a deep run, meaning that a conference finals run is at least required for him to keep his job. But in all honesty... That's going to be very tough in Milwaukee to do, especially in a very tough Eastern Conference.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and the East has gotten beastier.
0: Yes. <laughs> because you got the Knicks
1: that's on a tear right now. Yes. This dude Julius Randle is a monster. Then you got Westbrook down there, damn near averaging a triple double. Quad is kept. I know the Wizards are not really in contention much, but they have an opportunity at that seventh and eighth spot. We'll see how that plays out.
0: Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Speaking of the Wizards. Scott Brooks. Yeah, yeah, that was a good segue. <laughs> he's
1: gone too, buddy. <laughs> I hate to say it. Yeah, he's yeah. gone with the Calvary that he came in with. He's he's he just. Was, he was meeting with
0: OKC. Remember when he started coaching with OKC? Well, he had, he had, the, big had the big three. three. He had the big three. yeah. Oh, you three. know what I mean? I mean, you know,
1: sometimes players can cast a shadow over a coach and make him look a lot better than what he really is. And I think that was the uh, the the consensus on Scott Brooks then. In my opinion, and something I had been saying back then when he was a coach of the OKC Thunder, that he didn't have that extra thunder to pull them over the top. Simple case in point, he goes to Wizard. They have a monster squad they put around him at the time when he got there. Yeah. And he did not do much more than what he did when he was in OKC. And as a result of it, he is gone. And then he turn around and he bring his boy. He bring his homie to town. Russell West Boogie. Russ Boogie comes to town, and he thinks, okay, well, I bring Russ Boogie. Maybe Russell save my job. Russ can't even save his job, and he's damn near averaging a triple-double. He's a half an assist from a damn triple-double averaging for the season. Pretty much. So that tells you that there is something more with this than it seems with uh, Scott Brooks. And I just don't think he has what it takes to be uh, a great coach in this league,
0: a head coach for that matter. That's something I've noticed with his tenure in D.C., his teams that he's had, other than his first season or his first couple of years, they've always I've underperformed and underachieved.
1: Always. And, and that's a- the problem. And and, and and to be honest, like, and, and you know when I stuck a fork in uh, Scott Brooks, I stuck a fork in Scott Brooks when they were in the playoffs and they were down 3-1. They came back and tied that series up. Should have won it. Yeah. And he could not motivate his
0: squad to win one game. I remember it's when they played Boston, I believe. One game. Yeah, that's I all remember, he had that. to That's all that he had
1: to do was win one game and could not do it. So uh, this goes far back. This ain't something new. No, this ain't I, this ain't a Washington thing. This ain't a beat up on Scotty Brooks thing. Although yeah, I love beating on Scotty Brooks cuz he's definitely an easy <laughs> target to pick on too as well. He doesn't fight much, you know, you know, he takes it like a good sport, which is probably the problem too because he needs a little bit more grit to the locker room. He needs a little bit more grit probably in the huddle. There's no toughness there. Mm. So Teams don't buy into coaches that are passive, that are not discipline-oriented, that are not teaching fundamentals, techniques, and skills and enhancing their abilities to become better as players and professionals. And that's what he's not able to do. He has not accomplished it. nowhere he's been, and I don't think he's going to
0: do it here. Mm. So it's time to move on. Scott Brooks from D.C. Um, now let's go from the East Coast to the West, Sacktown, Luke Walton huh he's definitely gone hey, you can see that he's gone he's
1: coaching like he's gone <laughs> when you got a guy as stressed as he is on the sideline he he knows he's gone i mean that guy i wouldn't be surprised if he's ball by the end of the season or going ball. <laughs> yeah because this dude look like he's sweating more than his players in the game playing and he's just walking the sideline so you know yeah, he, he knows. He he knows, we know, and
0: everybody know that he's out of there. There's mm. no
1: mystery there.
0: And Sacramento, oh, man. Well, when I think of the Kings, I think of those late 90s, early 2000s Kings when they were – One of the best teams in the West. But now it's like a far cry from that, unfortunately. But
1: Well, I hate to tell you, but uh, C-Web and my man Mm. uh, Chocolate Thunder, the the white chocolate boy wonder, Mm. is not there no more. (laughs) Mm. Mr. Stoyakovich, you know what I mean? The pager boy is not there. So, therefore, the Kings are not there. (laughs) Until they get guys of those type of acumen and pedigree, they will not get there. And the problem is, again, they need to fire everybody from the top to the bottom and reculture themselves as well to reset the whole thing. In fact, bring in a coach that comes with the culture, why don't you? They've never done that. But then maybe they can't afford it. And then maybe it's such a toxic waste dump that nobody wants to go there anymore. Hmm. The Aloof Brothers, yeah, Hmm. what good is it to have a bunch of, uh, you know, they're the richest men damn near long known to men. Mm-hmm. Got more money than Jesus. Amen. But you cannot buy talent if you don't know talent. Right. You got to get a new culture in that place and it better happen sooner than later.
0: That I would have to agree with. And um here are a couple of, a couple of other names that I came across um Also um I went on halftime to basketball earlier looking at um some stuff and One of the the Hoopers wrote something about this same subject we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. But a couple of other names they added was Brad Stevens and Nick Nurse. Now, the Brad Stevens name kind of caught me by surprise because, for one thing, three out of four years they went to the conference finals, and he's had successful runs. And I don't see Brad Stevens getting the ax. I think he gets gets a reprieve from Danny Ainge. I
1: I will say this. I'll I will say this. I will do. say this. Since he has been rumored, if you will, uh-huh. to be on the hot seat, mm-hmm. he's taking it like a great sport, by the way. Let's be honest. He, he shakes. He's even killed guy. But since that talk has started, I've seen a lot of adjustments he has made with his team in positions bringing guys off the bench in, se- in, in segments in different ways to preserve energy and to put the right chemistry in there for matchup situations, he's actually taken it to another level. And as a result of it, he's brought guys off the bench that he normally wouldn't have started and that he normally wouldn't have trusted, like the Williams kid who's become like a nasty boy beast, Meant which I was telling you that they had a deficiency of. They all of a sudden they discover it in this kid. He comes off the bench and he's just going wow.
0: Even Taco Falls getting time.
1: Taco Falls even getting time. So he's extending his bench. He's doing different <clears throat> things, and as a result of it, the players are becoming fresher. The 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 the, the speed of the game has sped up. You could see the hop in their step. You could see these guys competing. They got fresher legs, fresher energy. And as a result, they're able to close games better. And I, I've noticed that the last two weeks, if you've been paying attention. I yeah, Bo- Boston's
0: gonna- turned it up uh, the last couple of weeks. They Absolutely. have been, and they, they have. They turned it up. Um, also, the name Nick Nurse came across. Um, do you find that to be on the hot seat list, you think, Nick Nurse? Given the fact they won the title two years ago? I wouldn't put it on. I wouldn't. I personally
1: wouldn't put Nick Nurse on a hot seat. Why? Because he (laughs) lost his team. (laughs) The year after he wins the title, the big fish leaves. So I can't put that on Nurse. I can't. The guy's a great coach. It's an unfortunate situation that he doesn't have the talent to coach. And he's. And he just lost his point guard, so pretty much. So he's not, he knows Lowry's not coming back. Everybody, it's just a bad situation right there for Nick Nurse. I, I'm a fan of Nick Nurse, I'm going to tell you that. He's one of the rare blue chipper coaches, in my opinion, here. I think if he goes somewhere where the talent fits the makeup of the coach and his schematics, that you will be on record saying something different about Nick Nurse. I think he's just in the wrong place right now. And I think it's if he is on the hot seat, I say it's not a bad thing for you, nurse, (laughs) because it might be the best thing ever happened to you to get fired out of Toronto.
0: It might very well be. And um, but we will see what happens with all these names and keep our eyes, especially on these names that we've mentioned here. Uh thank you so much for joining here joining us tonight on the NBA talk episode of the Black Alien Sports Cast. Thank you, gentlemen. Shout out to all my halftime Hoopers. Catch us on anchor.fm forward slash B L K Alien Sports Cast. Um, also we're gonna talk about um a early free agency signing by the Knicks. Luca Vildoza, four years, 13.6 million. And um, although three of those years are non-guaranteed, this has been said to be a good signing by the Knicks here. Y'all. We'll, we'll
1: talk about this on the other side of the break. Ladies and gentlemen, this is this is a Knicks segment that we need to do. We need to focus on. Why? Because right now they're essentially the hottest team in the East. It might be one of the hottest teams in all of basketball. We'll chime into that on the other side of the break. This is the boy, the Brooklyn boy himself, the Black Alien Duo Sportcast. We'll see you on the
0: We'll side. be right back, kids. Ha <laughs> ha! BK Sports and the B- Black Alien cats back at you with the NBA Talk episode, everyone. Happy Cinco de Mayo! And now we talk about the New York Knicks! And their, new- and their newest signee, their early free agent grab, Luca Vildoza. Four years, $13.6 million contract, um... And the interesting thing of this deal, there's three non-guaranteed years here, which is yep. very interesting. Well, the first year is guaranteed.
1: Obviously, he's a player from Argentina who is not proven on this level yet. So I think it's this might be a proven situation, Con- proven situational contract, if you will, to see how he fits in schemes and different uh situations to protect leon rose from any monetary uh blowbacks that might hurt them if it's a bad deal if they uh had a bad investment or the kid shows up and ends up getting injured or damaged goods that protects them all around the or all around the tables now if the kid comes here and he performs uh-huh. out of his mind please believe they will restructure his contract. This is New York City, ladies and gentlemen, and if you ball so hard, you will get the check. You will get the big ticket. This is New York City, the mecca of all basketball. So if he goes and he performs, he will get paid for his performance. That's no doubt.
0: Uh, that I believe too, and I've, from what I've read about this this young man, um. Very good Huber, very solid ball, and it's going to be a very good quality pickup for oh, yeah. the Knicks. And um, from what I've seen... Um, and the research I've done when his name came across, I think this is a solid pickup for you guys. and Oh, absolutely. This and kid, this will help solidify the backcourt for years to come, in my humble opinion. Absolutely.
1: This kid has rare talent, I'm telling you. His ball skills, his motor skills, the way he manages a game. He was born to be a point guard, and it was like he was born to be in a pick-and-roll system. This kid has a finger-roll That is second to absolute none. I guarantee you, you will not see a finger roll on earth. Not even George Gervin's finger roll. (laughs) This dude here, he has this thing where he'll cross you up, skip in the lane, and then he has like this little high step like he's about to jump, and then he goes underhanded with the little scoop. Like, like a little underhand, like Kiki vandeway is type of deal. <laughs> and then it goes high off the glass and it rolls up instead of rolls down into the, bu- into the bucket. It is something unlike anything I've ever seen in my entire life, ladies and gentlemen. This kid has rare ability. I think the upside is tremendous here. It's a great value. Great time to sn- snatch these ki- this kid up. By the way, he was going to be the top prospect if not the tops prospect in free agency in the off season this year, by the way. So Knicks, uh, and Leon Rose jumped the gun a little bit, but it may be a payoff here. If they catch
0: lightning in the bottle and that they could very well catch lightning in the ball. Absolutely. And that's something that we will see, but congrats to Knicks on of, uh, what looks to be a very quality signing. And, um, Absolutely. hopefully this move will pay dividends, um, in the future. um, and we will see going forward, if the, if the move does, you know, if it does.
1: And outside of that,
0: let's speak on the Knicks. These dudes, I'm going to tell you,
1: I can't speak enough of the actual job Coach Tibbs is doing with the Knicks. Not only just the job that he's doing with the Knicks, because we expect that from Tibbs, but it's the way Tibbs is is approaching the Knicks unlike he has in any other team's past. He has shown a level of trust with his supporting coaches and staff that's totally unprecedented to me. But when you got the likes of one Kenny Payne coming from Kentucky, I mean, these are great coaches that's on the staff right here, by the way who's working out, OB Toppins, my man IQ, Emmanuel Quickly. They catch lightning in the bottle from Kentucky. All the Wildcats is in New York, by the way. A bunch of Wildcats is taking over New York. And IQ, this kid, I'm telling you, watch, he is next-generational talent. He is next-generational point guard talent. And I think that this kid, Luca uh, uh, Vendoza, is going to be a great compliment to quickly, and I could see these guys growing together down the stretch uh, or in the future. Because the kid's only 24, 25 years old, this Luca kid. So he's young.
0: Yeah,
1: he's young. He's young. So if they catch lightning in the bottle here, you are definitely, I'm telling you, the Knicks fans are into it. That just extended the bench right there, is what it did. Mm. But I could tell you, the Knicks itself as a whole. Has been the absolute hottest team in the East. No doubt about it. And this dude, I'm going to tell you right now. This cat, Julius Randall, is a monster, brother. I am telling you. This dude has been dropping 40s, 30s, and 40s, and damn near 50s. This dude has been crossing you up. He can take you down, mix you up, take you on the block, and beast you up go outside and fade you up, take you from downtown and wet you up. This dude's game is, is I'm, I'm totally impressed. I'm going to tell you, I've been on the record as being probably one of the, <laughs> the the hardest critics of Julius Randall earlier career than probably any sports analysis <laughs> out there, analysts rather, out there. And I'm going to tell you, I eat my words today, Mr. Randall. I'm on record today. Saying that you have made me eat my words, buddy. And I appreciate the brand of basketball in which you have brought to the New York area. The Garden has not been the same since. It's pandemonium. If there was fans in there right now, you would feel the energy of the Garden. Because the city is buzzing from New York all the way here to the Sonoran Deserts of Arizona. We all are talking about those New York Knicks, ladies and gentlemen.
0: And how about those Knicks um and given the, given what the Knicks have went through over the years, this has to be just pure gratification. This is very it's just, this is just oh. and as a basketball fan as a basketball fan in oh, general, God. this to see this it is very gratifying to see and um Especially, you know, I'm I'm like one of the biggest Knicks fans of all time. That I uh, do know.
1: I've been definitely dying hard with them.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: I, I know. I even was on record telling you this year, if the Knicks don't perform, I might have to jump to the Nets and disown the Knicks. I was on the record saying that this year. Yes. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Mr. Julius Randle had an epiphany. And all of a sudden, he, he remembered his game he once had when he was in college. <laughs> and now the boy is balling like he was in college. I know Roy Williams is proud of him. All of these guys, Bill Self is proud of him. These are the guys who recruited him and rallied around this kid. He's just a good kid, all-around good kid, man. You got to like this story right here with Julius Randle.
0: That you do. And, um, and the Knicks have had a lot of success, and the, we wish that continued success going forward Hey, we like to say thank you so much for joining us this evening or oh, for the dual cast bk sports the black alien sports cast you can catch me on anchor.fm 4 slash blk alien sports cast and
1: you are chimed into sports with the brooklyn banger the brooklyn boy himself you can catch me at timed the letter in the number two sports at gmail.com chime in please send your letters send your notes send your comments whatever it is your topics if you got a hot topic send it in I'll talk about it we'll chop about it we'll laugh about it whatever it takes just send it in and I will respond, by the way. I do check all my fanfare.
0: Yes, indeed. You can hit me on blkaliensports at gmail.com for all my hoopers. That's BLK at gmail.com. If you got a subject you want me to talk about on talk about and put it on the episode, let me know. I'll put it on for y'all. Shout out to the halftime hoopers. Once again, thank you for listening. And for that, we are out and good night.